In the Vietnam War, a certain battalion became badly demoralised. The men were unfit and not ready to fight. Their casualty rate was high and the enemy was winning. But a new commander was appointed and soon turned things around. The enemy noticed. They thought that a whole new unit had replaced their inept predecessors. But it was the same men. The difference was that they were now ready for battle. As Christians, we live in a spiritual war zone. God's standards and values are challenged, mocked and ignored. Sometimes we feel like the powers of evil are winning. We must ask ourselves whether our current situation, whatever our current situation, whether we're in fighting condition for spiritual warfare. For Christians, there's a conflict going on, which unbelievers are largely unaware of. Here in the UK, it is not often physical, but rather an unseen spiritual conflict. We have an enemy, Satan, who is implacably opposed to God and all his people. But our situation is far from hopeless. We have a captain who has already fought the decisive battle on the cross, and he can lead us to victory in each battle as well as in the war. I wonder, do you see yourself as a soldier on active duty? Or does this talk of battle sound alien to you? We often speak of the Christian life as a spiritual journey, with Christ as our friend and companion. This imagery is not wrong and it brings us much comfort. But in the New Testament, we read about the Christian life as a battle and a war, and it's certainly not a tourist trip. I wonder if we've missed something. Have we come to think that Christianity is a comfort blanket? It's interesting that hymns like Onward Christian Soldiers and Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus have fallen out of favour. I struggled to think of a more recent worship song that speaks of warfare, and I chose our second hymn this week very deliberately. Both our Bible passages this week speak of conflict. In Matthew, Jesus warns his disciples about opposition from society and from our own families. In Romans, Paul speaks about conflict within ourselves. So let's look at each in turn. First, conflict without. Society in general does not accept our kingdom values. God is not given the glory that he is due. Most people live without reference to God and are ruled by their own desires. Gone are the values of integrity and service and duty, because people are looking more and more for self-fulfilment, for happiness and freedom, for what feels right for me. How often we hear the sentiment, I must be true to myself. Identity politics is when people of any particular race, gender or religion form alliances and organise politically to defend their group's interests. We're seeing plenty of that in the news lately. Some of these groups have a strong case. They have been ill-treated in the past and that often continues even in the present. But seeking the interests of one particular group can be divisive, with well-organised lobby groups pulling us in different directions. We are called to fight manfully for the cause of Christ. But that means that as Christians we are out of step with the world around us. 
It's not comfortable. Jesus warns us, if the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. Jesus was called the worst name possible. They called him the devil. We can expect the same. But he says, don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. God is watching and he has promised to be with us always. We are to acknowledge him before others, confident that he will then back us up. If we stick our necks out, he will not slink away and leave us horribly exposed. He is proud to be friends with those who stick up for him. He will defend us and the Holy Spirit strengthens us. We cannot expect a smooth path. Jesus himself went steadfastly to Jerusalem, knowing that death awaited him there. Too often we imagine that what God wants is peace on earth. Yet Jesus said, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Ultimate peace will only come when Jesus returns and deals with his enemies. Then there will be peace for those who have acknowledged him now. There will be conflict until that time, and that conflict may be very close to home. Now in Romans we have the conflict within. And we do have to face the enemy within in our daily struggle with our own sinful nature. Margaret reminded us a couple of weeks ago that baptism is like a betrothal, a sort of prenup agreement. But here Paul reminds us that it's also like a funeral. When we turn to Christ in repentance and faith, we die to our old nature with its desires and accept the new life which God offers. Baptism is a farewell ceremony to our old life. So why do we still struggle with sin? That old nature is dead, but it won't lie down. It keeps raising its ugly head and making its demands known. We are no longer enslaved by it because that old nature was crucified with Christ. We have the resurrection life of Christ within us by the Holy Spirit. We must learn to trust in him and to live by the power and direction of the Spirit. As Paul put it elsewhere in Galatians 6 verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We sow to please the flesh by playing with temptation and living for our own selfish pleasures, by giving way to grumpiness and focusing on ourselves. We've often mentioned the importance of prayer and reading the scriptures. These things sow to please the Spirit. We sow to the Spirit when we focus on others and do acts of kindness, and when we speak of Jesus to those around us. We sow to the Spirit when we choose to forgive someone who has wronged us. And there is no retirement from these battles. So let's be ready for battle today and for the coming week. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, writes Paul, put on the full armour of God, so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Those verses are from Ephesians chapter 6. I close with an illustration. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority and ego. But he continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion and faith. The grandson thought about this for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. May God bless you.